Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Petrano. I am jazzed as hell. 808 on Wisconsin's Morning News. You should be, but if you would, back away from the old National Bank talking text lines with your puking stories. <laughs> what happened? No, no, thank you. What door did you unlock? <laughs> we were just talking about that drink that you may have in your history that you can no longer go back to because of some sort of unfortunate uh, encounter. And somehow you leaned on the uh, cue to call. Commence primary ignition. <laughs> no, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> now I'm getting everybody's puke stories. <laughs> no, thank you, Brian in the Grove. Me, Jaeger, and a Nebraska cornfield, you guys finished the story. Wow. And some others that I won't even read. Yeah, you can. <laughs> but great. Thanks a lot. You can't read them. I just, because it started with the story of how when MU made the Final Four, and I think it was 2003, maybe 04, had to be 03. And, you know, we were out enjoying the game, and then it was like, oh my gosh, Marquette's going to the Final Four. Mm-hmm. And it was a long night, and for whatever reason, I was with a buddy who was drinking gin and tonics, and that's not my drink, but it was that night. He gave it, it a shot. Ruined me. Don't, don't visit there again very often. That was like 20 years ago. Well, how did this all start? This was all began, though, because we had heard a story about what the hot new summer drink oh, yes, is that was be, it. right? Yes. And I said, I got no use for these drinks. Just give me a tumbler of whiskey and just a little Coke on the top, and we're good. A little ice? Right. That's fine. The fancy drinks. That's not what I... Why did I let that happen? It was, it was the puke stories on the, <laughs> on the text line mm-hmm. that got me. So, again, uh, appreciate it. No, thank you. Now I've only encouraged them. Let's start with politics, because the GOP field for president is growing by leaps and bounds. Who else is anybody else <laughs> who's left? today? Who isn't running? So who's today? Pence today, right? Former so, Vice President Mike Pence officially announced today, but it wasn't like at the boyhood home or whatever. This no, was a video drop. Not yet. Video drop this morning. Former Vice President's White House campaign ad is packed with heartland images and references to Mr. Pence's Christian faith. God is not done with America yet, and together we can bring this country back. Without mentioning Donald Trump's name, Mr. Pence's ad tells voters the country needs different leadership, someone who will, quote, appeal to the better angels of our nature. Andy Field, ABC News, Washington. So, yeah, it's now official, official. I'm announcing I'm running for president of the United States. We'll make another announcement later on today. Okay, this guy in. I intend to seek the Republican nomination for president of the United States in 2024, and I want your support. That's former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, announcing his run at a town hall in New Hampshire. That was Tuesday. I don't know where I see the Pence candidacy going, because I don't know to whom he appeals in that in that field, and just talking GOP side right now, just to race for the nomination. Sure. Because, you know, his devotion to former President Trump throughout the Trump presidency, you know, would definitely be a plus among the Trump supporters. But then Trump flat called him a coward and said he still he still stands on his comments that Pence didn't do the right thing when he was vice president about the electoral votes, et cetera, et cetera. And Let's not be, relitigate that. That would be one thing that you think the former VP should trumpet. And say, look what I did. I stood yes. up, something, you know. But he hasn't had a, he, he's gone there. He's said as much, but he doesn't seem like he's really interested in talking about that right. a lot, right? Making that a selling point. So I don't think he can possibly ever win over the Trump crowd, the people who are still devoted to President Trump. And so then you have this whole rest of everybody else, not exactly the most charismatic guy. So I, I just don't know where that candidacy goes with other interesting choices out there. Who else in the field? Senator Tim Scott, 
So you have an African-American Republican. Nikki Haley. Uh, former ambassador to the United Nations, also a former governor, and Nikki mm-hmm. Haley. Only woman in the race, right, on the GOP side? I believe so. Who else? We're missing people. Like, right, already it's becoming the clown car, right? Uh, the um, Ramaswamy, or what, uh, the one who got in that argument with Don Lemon. Okay, right. And Vivek Ramaswamy. Asa Hutchinson. Asa Hutchinson is in. Is in. So you have, a, you know, continuously growing field. Trump is in. And we have... The first debate, the first GOP debate is going to be here in Milwaukee. And so it's going to hope they got a big stage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of people on it. Maybe there'll be a kid's table, too, which would be awesome. Well, that happened the last time. And Christy was at the kid's table, right, in 16? Sounds right. He was among those. And the kid's table was when they had so many Republicans running for the GOP nomination, uh, both after President Trump got in or then candidate Trump and even before that they had to divide debates up into two different debates. And they called the the pre-debate, the earlier one, the kids table. And then the front runners or the people who were polling better, the, the adult table. Just looking here. <laughs> who else is in the race? Am I seeing this right? Is this is this right, Pancake, that also Dennis Kucinich running again? No, no, he's not. Where'd you bring that name up from again? <laughs> he always comes out of nowhere. I ran for president over and over again. So there's your field. And, uh, you know, I wonder if, again, legal entanglements aside, if former President Trump is still in the race late here, do we have what happened the last time around when you had so many people running where more people wanted not Donald Trump to be the nominee, but they didn't coalesce around anybody else? And Trump was winning states with... 27%, 33% of the primary vote. Folks who have said there's no way, there's no path to the nomination for him, I think they're wrong on that, and they become wrong increasingly more as more and more people enter the race, at least early on. Who knows what happens between now and then? But the more crowded the field gets, I think the more chance that the one guy with a really solid backing, very loyal, mm. could rise to the top of that field. Sure. And that's not without consideration of what happens then in the general. Totally different story. I wanted to bring this up about Chris Christie, though, again, former Governor Christie announcing at his town hall in New Hampshire Tuesday that he is also in the field. Ahead of that, you had John Roberts, not the Supreme Court Chief Justice, but John Roberts of Fox News. I think he used to be a CBS guy, right? Before Roberts moved over to Fox. Yes, I believe that's right. I think it was one of the afternoon shows. So they got one of these panels where they're talking about it. And Roberts is talking about the Republican Party, and he's trying to draw some sort of like milkshake analogy, which I sort of understood but didn't, but that's not really the point of why I'm sharing it. It's like you have two milkshakes, right? The Republican Party is two milkshakes. And, and, and this one, representing almost half the party, because that's what the polling shows, has got one straw in it, and that's Donald Trump's straw, right? And the other milkshake, which represents the non-Donald Trump part of the Republican Party, has how many straws in it now? And now we're going to have Chris Christie's straw right. in there. And judging by Chris Christie's physical stature, he could drink a lot of that milkshake if he wanted to. <laughs> there it is. Uncle Fat. <laughs> couldn't help himself. So he basically called the former governor fat. Yeah, he didn't. And then there was there was even some chuckling leading up because you could tell like the other members of the panel knew where he was going. Like he really wanted to get. You heard him laughing. Really wanted to get to his right. joke there. But it didn't take Roberts long to wish he hadn't done that. Uh, hey, before we go on, I, I just want to take a moment to address something because I really do feel terrible about it. Er- earlier on the show, I was making an analogy to describe the Republican voter pool 
And I made a comment that I meant to be lighthearted, but immediately realized was hurtful toward Governor Chris Christie. I should not have said what I said. I deeply regret it. And I sincerely apologize to the governor. Okay. <laughs> as far as, so wait, wait, is that, is that good? That's the end of that story? Yes. That's the, you think Christie cares about that? No, I don't think Christie cares about it. And he's actually even been, even in his launch, here's something he'd said about himself yesterday when launching his campaign for president. And not only am I not the perfect candidate, I'm far from the perfect person. Okay. So one of the reasons <laughs> that some people have liked the former yeah, governor Christie is, right? right. It's kind of like, yeah, affable. What, what do they call that when you make fun of yourself? Uh, self-deprecating. Self-deprecating, right. Blood so <laughs> I don't think he cares too much, right? But as far as Roberts, like that, he's fine then, right? Well, look what the former president did. The former president posted a video of Christie making the announcement and then put a buffet table in front of him and then made it look like right. he was holding a plate of food. Yeah, you know who's not sorry at all, <laughs> right? Former President the Trump. The front runner. Who just couldn't wait to pile on. Here was his statement when he posted that. So, right, it was the Christie announcement in New Hampshire, but then it was doctored up the video, and he's got a buffet table in front of him, and in, in another hand, like a platter of other food. And Trump writes, how many times did Chris Christie use the word small? Does he have a psychological problem with size? Actually, his speech was small and not very good. It rambled all over the place, and nobody had a clue what Christie was talking about. And his Trump statement went on. Yep. Now, Christie's going after Trump, too. The reason I'm going after Trump is twofold. One, he deserves it. And two, it's the way to win. So... Just purely as a spectator, this could be really fun. Like if these two, you know, these two are going to go head to head. Oh, who did we not mention? DeSantis. Oh, geez. The one guy who was talked about is maybe could mount a reasonable challenge to mm -hmm. former President mm -hmm. Trump. Where's he in all this? And how is he going to approach? So, so here, here's Christie's strategy right out there. I'm going to go right at him. I'm going to, I'm going to make fun of him back. Christie's got that in him. Yeah, and he has he has name recognition not only from being a governor, but also from his time on TV. He's done some contributor work for ABC, for CNN. I think it adds an interesting element. Even if Christie doesn't ultimately rise to the nomination, can he do any damage to Trump? Mitch and Sturgeon Bay just uh, texted in. Old National Bank talking text line is 855-616-1620. Christie is a headhunter. He single-handedly took out Rubio in 16. He's targeted Trump now could be a brawl. <laughs> We're talking about a, a race for president, and it's considered a brawl. I love it. Well, it surely is. 819 on Wisconsin's Morning News. And not only am I not the perfect candidate, I'm far from the perfect person. Eight twenty-three on Wisconsin's morning news. It's senior prank season. I told you about this earlier. My daughter, boy, they thought this was really good over at the high school. They all parked crazy. Ooh. <laughs> it's so funny because my other kids, the younger ones, are texting me. So I have a high school senior, and one of their apparently they're planning multiple senior pranks. They all seem heretofore relatively benign. I drove by the high school the other day, and there were a bunch of kids out there in beach clothes. 
and like some administrators from the school because it was still during the day. So I don't know if they walked out or if they had study hall or what, but they were having a quote unquote beach party. Ah, very nice. So the other thing Bermuda they did, shorts, right? Yes. You know, it was pajama wild. Day, they had the towels and everything. It looked like okay, fine. Pajama day tomorrow. I or? like a good senior prank, right? But it's got to be. I mean, rules are can't be illegal. And it can't involve really highly inconveniencing other people. Like if you make a mess in the school and the custodial staff has to clean that up, that's oh, yeah. not fair gotcha. or cool to those people. Yep. But, you know, there are some funny things that you can do here and there. So what they did was you know, the kids get there pretty early in the morning and they all parked weird. So oh, just anywhere? They're all over like the lines and whatever. So, okay, fine. I had not heard of that one before. See that's what else creative. they got up their sleeve. Should I tell you the city parking lot story again here? Speaking of parking speaking, lots. Speaking of parking lots, right, the city is in this, I'm calling it a territorial urination match. There are other ways you could claim that, but, you know, it's we make fun of our elected officials from time to time here on this program. And one of the things we ask of them is, can't you all, like, don't you guys have each other's phone numbers? Can you? Does everything have to be negotiation via press release? Yes. And a strongly worded press strong release. arm top, uh, you know, right. tactics and whatnot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we have one of those things playing out right now. Is Stick this, it to them. Yes, this battle between Madison and Milwaukee. And very serious conversations about state shared revenue and local control and how that plays out. So you have the legislators in Madison who want to put a bunch of strings attached to money that they're going to be kicking back to municipalities, mm-hmm. including mm-hmm. Milwaukee. Yeah. You have Milwaukee going back saying, hey, not cool, man. We should be able to spend the money on how we want, and we want local control. If we want to levy a sales tax, we get to do that. We, we don't want to have your rules dictating how we run our local government. Sure. Well, so here's the city kind of striking back a little bit. There's a Department of Transportation-owned parking lot that is near the Intermodal Station downtown, and that's the folks know it. It's the Amtrak, and I think you get the Greyhound out of there now, and then they run about a f- bunch of cabs and stuff. I believe the hop is right across the street. How modal that is. And this parking lot where people will stop and leave their cars, sometimes for days if they're going on a trip or whatever, uh, has had a number of break-ins, according to the Milwaukee Common Council. And they want to see it fixed up. They want to see it better monitored. It's run by a third party. It's the the state that owns it, but they have a third-party vendor that kind of runs the lot. But it's not that vendor's responsibility, apparently, to make the actual capital investments that might be needed to better monitor the lot and prevent the break-ins. So you've got Alderman Bob Bauman of downtown flexing a little city muscle on the state here since the lot is owned by the DOT. The parking or the license renewal committee voted to deny a renewal of the parking license to, there the, you state, go. to the state. All right. And they're telling them to stick it. Why not? So you've got the... Here's, here's Alderman Bauman from downtown, his statement. The lot operator testified today that the property owner, Wistot, has been and remains unwilling to spend the necessary funds to provide the peace of mind the traveling public deserves. Wistot Secretary Craig Thompson needs to step up. You pointed out Thompson was just here. <laughs> he was at the BRT thing. Right. The big ribbon cutting on Monday. How about a swing by? How about the two of you get a cup of coffee and figure this out? I mean, there were 37... 37- Different people cutting that ribbon, so you may not have seen everybody there or realized the guest list. Can't somebody's legislative aide call somebody else's administrative assistant and set up a quick coffee? Hey, look, you're sitting on the $7 billion mountain of cash and coins over there. Can you send a couple of nickels down here to Milwaukee and fix up your parking lot? All we need is like 2000 bucks. A couple of cameras and a fence or something, right? Pay a guy to stand out there and pretend to be... Ominous security. No, I'm with you. 
Yeah. Get one of those uh, old Chevy sedans with some yellow lights on top of it and great so, security so on it. So how often do you think that happens, though, where things are solved and taken care of, and then everyone's like, well, ah, man, this would have been a great way to get in on TV, get in the paper. Yeah, far it less happen. Far less often than it should, right? <laughs> are things just resolved by, you know, getting the work done. So full common council will vote on denial of the license renewal later this month. Do you like apples? Yeah. Well, I got a number. How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> on Wisconsin's Morning News. Serious shout-out to our sportsmeister, Brandon Snide, who made a coffee shop run. I think our coffee machines, like, got hacked or something. They're like one of these computer (laughs) machines, you know, where you boot, 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 boot. You want this kind, this kind, this kind. And it was just flat not working. I went outside and tried the restart. Yeah, you did the old unplug and replug? Yeah, it has, like, the big big plug-in has like a two buttons on it. Pan- I even asked Pan- Pancake to come out and consult. I'm like, I don't know which one, red button, yellow button. So we pushed the yellow button. That shut the thing down. <laughs> Turned back on again, no coffee. You were hurting. I was okay. I, you know, I tried sometimes. I don't know how often people do it, but try to go the morning without it, without coffee. That's what we did today. And I, I mean, I was like fighting a yawn here and there. Like it was, I'm okay. It's fine. But boy, that's... That's a weird cleanse. Brandon battled. He's like a four, and not just a cup of coffee. He's like a four tumblers of coffee a morning. <laughs> I mean, that cat's got a big mug. Yeah. <laughs> so props we to Brandon. This. Thank you much. So we have a mutual friend here. I'm going to need Pancake on this one as well. Greg Pancake Hill is the producer of Wisconsin's Morning News, and he was in on this conversation. We're talking to a friend of ours here at Good Karma Brands, and he was sharing, like, we were supposed to talk about some other stuff, and he was kind of distracted, and he kept looking over at his phone and texting, and he apologized. I'm sorry, I've been texting back and forth with my brother this morning. My brother lost his, he goes, long time, had him, 20 years, lost his pet bird today. And my... Initial knee-jerk, just unfiltered reaction was, I chuckled. Like, <laughs> you laughed at his demise yeah. or that it was no, a bird? I didn't point at him and be like, ah. But my just my reaction was, pet bird, huh? Like a little flippant. <laughs> sure, okay. And then he kind of he smirked. And then we both looked at each other. And then I said to him, I go, I'm sorry. I don't know why I reacted like that. And he goes, yeah, I know. He goes, that... And it's my brother. He goes, that's a little bit my reaction. He goes, but this was his pet, his his pet that he had and loved for 20 years. Now, I need more detail. What kind of bird are we talking about? A, it's a cockatiel. A cockatiel, okay. So I think those are larger birds. So those are larger and they speak at all? This and- one doesn't talk. I mean, it whistles and or whatever noises it makes, but it's not one of those talking birds. Okay. Like a parrot, right? Is it a parrot that talks? Or a macaw. Yeah. Eric Belstead, host of the news. Thank you. It's not that kind of bird. But no, does that even matter? And actually, the larger point to my yeah, well, question to him was, 
So talking bird is higher up than non-talking bird? I think bird? a canary or some tiny little bird that just chirps and makes noise is different than one that goes, I love you, kiss me, baby. See, now what's funny is we're, you're illustrating what I found the absurd extension of this whole conversation is like, is there this pet hierarchy where some pets are like worth more or like connect with us more than other pets? Because I said immediately to this friend, I'm like, you know, if you had just told me, Hey, look, my brother, uh, my brother's going through something. His, his dog just died. Dog's been in the family 12 years, 15 years, whatever. Devastating. It's devastating. My immediate reaction would have been, and I'm not a dog guy as people know who listen Mm -hmm. to the show, Mm -hmm. but my immediate reaction would be like, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, that sucks. Mm-hmm. That's really hard. You know, tell tell your brother. I, I hope hope he's all right. Because I know, even though I'm not a dog guy, I know and appreciate how much me- dogs and and cats and other pets can be part of the family. So, at what point do you take the uh, the day off of work because of a sick pet or God forbid? You can get worse. away with that with a dog, right? There's or, precedent or a cat, for that, right? <laughs> I wonder. And we have there is a cat that lives at my house. I think I'm sometimes unfairly branded by you. As a cat person, <laughs> I'm not. I would prefer that no animal creatures live in my house other than the, the people the that humans. live there. Yes. Okay. But that, that's just me. We didn't grow up with pets in my family. And fine. So I'd rather that. But like I said, I appreciate that people have those deep emotional attachments. But I still think, I think like on the, on the animal hierarchy, you got dog sits yeah, on top yep, of the pyramid, yep, yep. right? Dog and you let cats have their day. Fine. Dog and cats, you can sit... One, two, or one and one B. That's about right. Yeah. Yeah. Can't believe it. This is coming from Debbie, who's got both, or who has had both. Who has had both, yeah. My Mm -hmm. dad's cockatiel died yesterday. He was 37. Wow. See, you build a bond over that many years. Absolutely. Plus, if you can have a a conscious conversation with him, because if you can teach him to talk. But some of these you can't, though, Debbie. Like well, it's true. The cockatiel, yeah, but the, the budgie, the budger, you know, the... Um. Oh my God! What are they called? The little, the blue and little yellow ones. I don't know. I just felt. Yeah. I felt bad initially that I I chuckled at it, and as I thought as I thought it through, I'm like that was not the right reaction because whether it's you know a bird or a gerbil or a guinea pig or a turtle, the the size does play a role. But what if it's an iguana? What if he had said uh, my brother's iguana? Would that make you chuckle? It probably would have. Like, can you have the same emotional attachment? You can. Can you take off of work for that? But you can't, right? You can't get away with that. If you, if someone, you manage people, if someone said like, look, my, my dog's really sick. We got to take the dog to the vet. You'd have been like, okay, yeah. cool. Let us know. Yeah. Hope everything turns out all right. Mm-hmm. If someone called in and said, my gerbil's not well. You'd have been like, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I need you to come to work. <laughs> it would be a lot tougher. So, right. But what, like the absurdity of the conversation I'm having right now is like, what's the difference really? I yeah, feel a point. Like if that's the but pet that yeah, you love, okay. But there's a is there a difference? And I'm not sure how to eloquently say this, but is there a difference between a pet you love and a pet that can show similar, if not more, affection back to you versus a chameleon, which <laughs> or a probably snake. doesn't even know who my you snake are, loves me, right? right like, yeah. where is it, dog? Or some people would argue that they do have a personality, and it's once snakes? they have a personality, yeah. Um, and lizards and stuff like that. Once they have a personality, then I think it starts to shift over to the... Because, you know, fish, <laughs> not cuddly. Not cuddly <laughs> at all. It doesn't work well when you try and cuddle fish. But when you pick up the little food 
container next to the aquarium, the fish all get excited because they know they're about oh, to get fed. Okay. This is very true. Pavlovian reaction. Is that I know is that or, or is that personality? I don't know. But once they have a personality, then it starts to make it a little bit more difficult to say, "Oh, your your little you know slime mold died." Sorry, my Just, brother had turtle. Died. He didn't do well. Uh, my brother cooked his fish. My parents oh my always God. felt bad because, like, what? yeah, my mom wasn't an animal person. My dad, I don't think, had pets growing up, so we just never had them. So we dabbled in the gerbil area once, okay. and then my brother had a turtle, and I think they felt bad for him, so they wanted to elevate his fish experience. And for whatever reason, he was talked into going with, like, warm water fish. I think it was still fresh water, <laughs> wow. but they were, like, more tropical. Yeah, so okay. you like, need a heater. So, right, it was really advanced. So one oh, day... No. Nick goes in there, and I don't know why he was messing around with it, but whatever he was, you know, because as a kid, you want to be able to play with your of pet. Course, so yeah. I, so you just want to interact. You want to, yes, yes, you want to I experience it. Assume he thought he was somehow interacting with his pets here and was messing around with the heater and must have, must oh dear, ratcheted it up. Was it boiling? He, he cooked them. Oh wow. my god! Water. We came in, we dipped a finger in the water. It's like ooh. Nick. <laughs> a little too warm. Then he's all <sighs> on the old National Bank talk and text line eight five five six one six one six twenty. So you're asking the question of like at what point <laughs> should we offer more sympathy? Yes. Uh, here's one from Jeff. The criterion for more sympathy seems to be fur. So if it's mammal, then it's that's okay. That's more accepted. So no sympathy for lizards, no sympathy for birds. Or birds that are around for 25, 30 plus years. I, I think, mean, yeah. That's the that's other a long thing. time. You build longevity. a friendship with them at sure. that point. No doubt. But I think I needed to talk. What do you want? You, so you're Get not big into here. the canaries then, I guess. Yeah, and they're smaller, right? And, and they, they don't last as long. From the 414, I think a pet and how you react to it passing depends on if you've had the same type of experience with a similar type of pet. I think that's true. That because I think so, uh, a non-pet owner probably wouldn't even understand the dog situation, like someone who has a dog. Did I ever tell this story when I? God, this was years ago when I had our greyhound, our retired greyhound, just absolutely adored that dog. Um, so this was like ten years ago now, and I had I had to I it was on me, I was bestowed upon me, which I was proud to do. I had to take him in to, to put him down. Uh, when you were a kid? No, 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 10 years ago. Oh, 10 years? I thought you meant yeah. 10 years old. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. 10 years ago. Um, like, geez, that's brutal, son. So, and I was I working at the, the time. Dog. Take him up yeah, back, no, old yeller. No, no. So I had to go by myself. The kids were really little, and, and Angie had stuff to do. Plus, Angie just emotionally was like, I, I, okay. I need you to do this for Fair. me. Um, so I was, I was proud to do it. Didn't want to, but did it. And I remember texting my boss at the time. I won't name him. And I said, hey... I just put my dog down, and he's like, I'm so sorry to hear that. I'm so sorry. By the way, Mercure's not in today. I really need you in the work. <laughs> like, that was what the text were, said. Were you fishing for a... <laughs> well, I mean, I would Hey, man, if you need some time. <laughs> nope. Actually, it was the best thing that could have happened, though, because that being at work actually helped me that day refocus and just, you know, not have my... You know, there's some sad moments, obviously, when something like that happens, so being here actually made things better, but... <laughs> that was a text back. Hey, John's off today, so we really need you in. Yeah, I hear you, pal, but right, gonna need you. <laughs> 845 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Oh, yeah.
849 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Got an update on Prince Harry in court momentarily. But first, I did want to address this because we mentioned it in the 8 o'clock hour yesterday, that situation where the F-16 fighter jets were scrambled from Joint Base Andrews to intercept that corporate jet that was ill-fated and ended up crashing in the woods in Virginia because the pilot had passed out due to hypoxia. So there was a question as to why, after... Air traffic controllers lost contact with the pilot of this aircraft that it was 90 minutes before these fighter jets were scrambled to intercept it. And it's been explained a little bit more. Martha Raddatz from ABC News had additional information this morning. And basically we're being told is like the aircraft was out there floating around. Air traffic control was aware that it couldn't be raised, but it really hadn't threatened D.C. airspace or appeared to be on that type of trajectory until it did. And it was at that time that the fighter jets were scrambled and actually intercepted it outside of D.C., where they were quickly able to ascertain what was going on here and didn't view it to be a threat to people in the capital. So if it were just a wayward plane anywhere else, no longer considered a threat? I, I still think you'd want to, you'd still want to, uh, you want eyes on that. Yeah, right? right. So that doesn't fully clear it up for me. I, mean, I I get don't don't get me wrong. I understand the importance of the nation's capital. I, yeah. I, there's no suggestion that that shouldn't take place the Agreed. way it did. But if there's a plane just randomly flying anywhere, right, it's flying over the capital of some state yeah, or what? Yeah, you know, or right. some large city, Tuscaloosa or whatever. I mean, like, aren't we going to pay attention to New York? Right, and then did the U-turn or whatever. Right, so not fully answered, but further explained. That's uh, the line that right now we're getting. From uh, U.S. officials on that. Do you have more on on Prince? Is now he, is he back on the stand today? Oh yeah, Prince he's Harry? back. He's back in court today. Is that a journalist? <laughs> I don't think so. J- just a fan. I just think a, it's just a guy. A Royals watcher. Just trying to talk to him. Harry. So that's uh, Harry walking in the court. Harry. I always I always love when we get the sound. I bought a picture. <laughs> bought a snap. Harry. There he is. So, so Harry, as you know, he's testifying in this phone hacking trial. Uh, Prince Harry and several other celebrities suing the Mirror newspapers over stories that they insist could only have been obtained through phone hacking or other illegal means. So, this doesn't necessarily mean like stealing your pictures from your phone. It could mean actually listening to conversations that you had with other people, private conversations. And that's not legal. Right, yeah, you cannot be doing that, and that's what the judge has to figure out. It's for the judge to decide whether or not the Mirror Group newspaper acted unlawfully. They keep using this word UIG, unlawful information gathering. What do they mean by that? Well, phone hacking, listening to live calls, hiring private investigators. Harry's got to prove that they did that, and the Mirror's putting up a very robust defense. Yeah, and they are. Like, the lawyers are have just just been hitting him hard questioning him over and over again because he doesn't have a lot of very specific evidence to indicate why he believes or what led him to think that one aspect of a story that was told about him 10 or 15 or 20 years ago or even younger than that older than that uh would have to be from a hacking illegal situation well and and important to point out too we're talking about illegally obtained information versus you know it's not illegal for the tabloids to be mean right, right. or to be distasteful or any of those things. They can do that, and you can argue over the morality of it, but there's no legal issue there. This is about were they going through illegal means and obtaining that information. Speaking of the tabloids being mean, one of the, headli- one of the headlines today was Prince Harry is complaining 
Only this time in court. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he did say multiple times, like, hey, look, it's been pretty rough. And I I'm, I believe that likely to be true, that it isn't always easy when you constantly are just bombarded with media over you, on you, writing stories about you. I mean, he heard things about his mother that he had never heard before, he, uh, uh, affairs that were alleged that that he, perhaps his father was someone else that could not have been true, just he already, you know, like he knew the facts behind a lot of this stuff. Yeah, I got bent out of shape over the guy who lost his mind because I posted pictures of my lawn. Right, yeah. So, right? like, that kind of stuff. I'm a grown person, and some guy tweaked me on social media, and I was like, yeah. But they went after him quite a bit, saying, hey, look, you have nothing to suggest this. How do you know that it wasn't someone, a member of your party that alerted the the media to show up at that event. How how can you suggest that that was stolen information? And ultimately, he did not have an answer for he most of He doesn't have that. proof. Right. And he's got all kinds of different evidence that he's pointing to, but nothing that is saying, here's why it was stolen, or here's where they listened to this person versus that. And uh, what's very interesting about this is that other larger entities, other celebrities, if you will, I'll use that term, have already settled in some of these cases with this group. This group has already admitted, yeah, hey, we did some some stuff we shouldn't have been doing. That, But in this case, they're like, no. So they're fighting back. He could have settled. He's not because he wanted to go to court. And right now, at least from some of the observers, ain't looking good not for Not turning out right? No. 855 on Wisconsin's Morning News. WTMJ, W277-CV, and WKTI-HD2 Milwaukee. From the Annex Wealth Management Studios, this is News Radio WTMJ, a good karma brand station. Last point on the Harry thing. I think something else that's interesting you noted today is Harry's being cross-examined. A member of the royal family is being aggressively questioned in a semi-public forum which is something that's never seen, right? Even when he sits down to do the interview, you do it with Oprah, which is softball after softball. Mm-hmm, and even if mm-hmm. she gets into some meat, you know, can still be kind and find a way to word the question that's sort of nice. Prepared statements are one thing, but to have somebody up in your grill going, no, prove it, your majesty. No, seriously, your royal highness. Your royal highness upon first reference. Yes. Prince Harry upon every other record. That was that's clarified <laughs> in court for the record. <laughs> yes, that's how, how it's How would you to like be to be referred to? Yes. So he's back at it today in London. Steve Scafidi is coming up next on... Was... He's not? Oh, <laughs> Eric just looked at Pancake. I'm like, what, what, are we here for three more hours? <laughs> Steve Scafidi is next on WTMJ.